Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome in, Primers, to this issue 77 of the DC Primetime Podcast. Uh, from the Showcast Spotlight here on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Captain Crew Cast of the Pods, I am Rob Martin. And a special welcome, as I know for a fact that we have a couple new subscribers in this week uh, from a group that I joined online. Uh, it's a secret group, so I'm not going to mention the group, but uh, I had to join a Patreon to get into it. Uh, but to all those people, I will call them Zedheads. Uh, who st- who subscribed to the podcast and already started listening? A special welcome to you guys out there. Um, but we are on the cusp. No, not on the cusp. We are on the the end of New York Comic Con, which was this past weekend. Uh, so we got a couple things we're going to talk about with that came out of that, including a new Justice League trailer, the final Justice League trailer. And we're going to talk a little bit about Gotham. We're not going to do a full on. Uh, second half annual like we were planning on doing we, we're gonna dive into the shows a little into the show a little bit and uh we're gonna talk about the future of the show as far as this podcast goes i know we've had that yes. i know we've had that discussion before but um yeah this is going to be the final discussion on that uh, this is going to be the final decision on the future of gotham when it comes to this podcast yes so uh it's not looking good if you're a Gotham fan. So hopefully that um, it doesn't deter you from listening to us anymore as Gotham will still be a part of the podcast, but we're not going to, we'll go into detail. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just uh, give us, give, give it a couple minutes. Yeah. And you'll understand. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as I mentioned, New York comic con was this past weekend still going on right now. It's, it's day four or day three. I think New York is four days. Yeah, four days. It's four days. It's Thursday, Thursday through Sunday. Yep. Yeah, I've been to New York Comic Con before. I don't know. It's. I mean, I know people that still love going. I don't know if you've ever been, but it's too many people. Like that's that's my one. Like you got obviously there's Justice League stuff that came out of it, but the cast of Justice League isn't there. Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's attendance-wise, it is nail-surpassed San Diego Comic-Con because and Javits Center's got more room to work with. Not much. Not by much, and especially one of my friends, uh, you know, that actually well, I can listen to the show, um, is uh, he, he was there on, I believe, Friday and Saturday, and he was like, holy crap, the amount of people was insane. It's and he cra- said they're also working on the Javits Center right now, too, so... Uh, that means there was even less. They had they had stuff set up in other buildings that weren't part of the Javits Center. Like I don't know if that he meant like across the street or other stuff, but there was vendors elsewhere that were not at the con place. Yeah, which is crazy because like how do you control that? I mean, it's, you can't. I've been at cons that have done that. You you can't control it. And, and, and people forget that that stuff exists and it really impacts the vendors in a bad way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're a vendor and you're paying you're paying the vendor fee to get into New York Comic Con and they're sticking you in another building, I'd be pissed. Like, because you're going to lose out. Because there are people I know for a fact that I'm already going to be frustrated enough being in the Javits Center. The last thing I'm going to want to do is leave to go to another building. Right. So, so that vendor's never going to get a visit from me. Yeah, I mean, and, and I like I said too. Uh, you know, my wife vends at, at events too, and I can tell you some of those vendor costs are really, really they're very. Like, expensive. They're over a thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, like you know, the ones we've done have never been like that. But I mean, you know, we've done ones that are about close to half. And uh, yeah, when you're paying that amount and people don't know where you are or the fact that they're, you're even there, that sometimes is a massive loss that really negatively impacts. You know, the people that are there uh, to sell stuff. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, I'm a big per- I'm a person who when I go to conventions, I like to pick up at least one souvenir just so I have something, whether it's just like a pop figure or a T-shirt or a piece of artwork or something like that. 
And I remember when I went to New York Comic Con, I had a four-day pass. I went two days because by the second day, I was tired of it. I'm like, this is too many people. Like, I, I really – I can't do this another two days. And I had missed the first day, so I went Friday, Saturday, and I never went back on Sunday because I was like, Saturday, this is just ridiculous. But it's one of those things where there's so many people on the floor that you really can't stop to look and see what the vendors have. Because you're kind of pushed along like a lemming, like figuring through. And when you finally make your way up to a table, you're pushed along continuously that you can't stop to look. So when I finally saw something I wanted to get, it was a New York Comic Con exclusive. Uh, it was a, a, a vinyl pop, uh, a little bit larger vinyl pop of a Doctor Who TARDIS. And it showed like battle damage and stuff, which I thought was really cool. And I had to hope that it was still there at the end of the day. Because I couldn't get it during the day when I was there because I couldn't even get close to the table. So when New York Comic Con starts cutting off how many tickets they sell, I understand conventions want to make money. But when they start putting a, a, a cap on the number of people that are there, I'll start going again. But until then, it's too much. It's way too much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Like I said. We always say, and we say it many times, the smaller con experience is always the best con experience. Absolutely. It's one of the reasons so. why I work with FanFest now. It's one of the reasons why we go to other conventions like, well, Great Philadelphia is a bad example because they're a horrible convention. Um, you know, but like Harrisburg Comic Con and Baltimore Comic Con, like all these smaller cons, man, that's the way to go. Yeah. Experience New York or San Diego at least once in your life just to say you did it and then move on. Like it's... You know, it, it is. Unless you're press. I mean, if you're press, you kind of get access to some other areas that people don't. Well, San Diego, you don't. San Diego press gets you nothing except a free pass. Uh, I've looked into it. Uh, <laughs> and I think New York's the same way. I think New York, the, the conventions are so big and they have so many people applying for press. They're like, yeah, we'll give you press access. What's it get you? Well, it gets you a badge that says press and you can get in for free. Yeah. Gee, thanks. <laughs> so. All right. Assholes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <All right. laughs> uh, let's talk Gotham. I know. Okay. You... Let's do Gotham first, and then let's get into the thing that we're the most excited to talk about. Yeah, so. I'm actually. For anybody who's listened before and knows me, how judgmental and critis- critical I am of the DC films, I am legit excited to talk about this new trailer. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that in a couple minutes. Let's spend a couple minutes on Gotham first and, and get this out of the way. Uh, you went back and you watched the second half of did. season three. I watched it all in one day. Um, uh, well, no, not one day. <laughs> one night. Starting from 6 o'clock at night until about 2-something in the morning. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, so it's uh, the second half was Heroes Rise. Uh, and it was eight episodes, starting with episode 15 that ran to episode 22, so it filled out the rest of the season. My biggest complaint, and it's been a while since I've watched them, so that, which is one of the reasons why we're not going to do like an annual format with this, because I, I, while they're fresh in Rob's mind, uh, it's been a while since I've watched them. I'm already on to season four, so it's my mind is kind of can't go back to that. Yeah. Um, However, I did. I went back and I watched one episode, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, and it was the wrong choice. Sir. It, yeah, <laughs> yes, it was. It was probably the worst of the eight to go back and watch. Um, but my biggest complaint about that is every like every season we get a different moniker as far as them. Like first half of season three was Mad City. Second half was Heroes Rise. Why did you call that Heroes Rise? Yeah, it was. it was kind of like it should have been called villains petty disputes um and that a clash really... of the villains or something uh, it, 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 yeah but really i think villains petty disputes were the better way to go because dear god it it was uh, you called it heroes rise and you didn't get any of that until the end of the last episode yeah, really, and that's really all it was. I mean, like, you get a little bit of interesting things about Bruce, but Bruce is kind of a villain for the back part of the yeah. season. Until, like, the last few moments of part one of the finale, because the finale's broken into a weird way. Like, I, you know, when you watch it on Netflix, because I know I had multiple ways to watch, but um, on Netflix, they have the final episode as two episodes tied together. 
because it was kind of meant to be a, a two-part finale, but it's really still two episodes. So when you watch that episode, the runtime is like 132 minutes or whatever it is. So it's weird. Um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I, I, I don't have words unless you're unless the writers unless it's a subtle note to try and tell us that there's something deeper with this show in the essence that the villains are truly the heroes. Yeah, I don't see what the point of calling that heroes rise was. Yeah, yeah, you you get like I said, you get this great moment, and we can we're you know the new season started, so obviously if you're watching it and you're you're staying you know true to Gotham, you already know Bruce is kind of like. It's time to start doing this vigilante business. Cool. You know, the end of last season, yeah, you see him in, you know, a, a, a ski mask and his black, his black trench coat and a turtleneck, uh, you know, saving a, a daughter and her parents in the alleyway of Crime Alley uh, from being killed and during a mugging. And you, you get this really great shot at the end of the season of him standing on top of uh, a building overlooking Gotham. And that was a gorgeous shot. It was really great. The thing that kind of is eh is the process of getting to that point which was you know one of Rachel Ghoul's underlings to, I would assume took him to Nanda Parbat and is they're basically sitting there and they kind of brainwash Bruce to kind of join the League of Assassins and that results into him running Alfred through the chest with a sword and I'm like it's like well we know Alfred's not going to die so okay look isn't it convenient that this happens next to a Lazarus pit you know <laughs> um, and then you know Bruce is kind of like oh crap you know sorry I didn't mean to do that everything's all good I'm going to be a vigilante now I'm like okay sure whatever that's fine um, but you know the Court of Owls stuff that was happening in the background of it all sucked yeah yeah it, absolutely and it's it's one of those things too that like Again, I mean, I'm going back to the whole Heroes Rise thing. Like, I'm watching every one of these episodes, and I'm like, where does the Heroes Rise come in? And it really doesn't happen until the very end, uh, you, as you mentioned, when you see Bruce in the ski mask saving that family and, uh, you know, saving the, the mother and daughter. Uh, I really didn't get excited until the end of the finale uh, leading into season four. And I remember watching these episodes and I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, I'm kind of glad that we're not talking about this on the podcast anymore because I don't know if I could talk about this every week. And I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to watch season four. And then the finale kind of changed my mind a little bit. The finale turned it around. But at that point, as far as saving season three, it was a little too late. Uh, season three was already a loss in my book. Yes, Go I absolutely agree. Going into the finale, I got excited for season four. Because, and it wasn't Bruce that got me excited for season four. It was seeing the progression of some other further characters. Uh, namely, uh, Butch Gilzine and, um, uh, and Corey, and, um, uh, Riddler, Enigma, I don't know why I forgot his name for a minute, uh, being frozen in ice by Mr. Freeze. I'm like, okay, where are they going to go with that? Where are they going to go with RLT, with Robin Lord Taylor's Penguin? I was more excited for the villains and, you know, seeing where they were going to take it. And I think, again, that's where that moniker of Heroes Rise kind of fell off. Well, I, you know, it's you mentioned that, and I got to say, normally the villain stuff is the most interesting stuff. Like, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but I think the least interesting character in this entire story of Gotham is has been really Jim Gordon, which I hate to say, because I, I think Ben McKenzie is a really good actor. Uh, his story is the least interesting out of everything that's happening, and it's kind of like, well, let's pine about Lee, and I'm going to be a dirty cop pretty much and do a lot of nasty back alley deals with a lot of people that I shouldn't be doing this with. Uh, and it never feels like he's the cop that we know. Like, he, he feels so outside of what that character is always supposed to be. Like, Bullock is right on the money. Like, Bullock has always felt like Bullock. Like, Donald Logue does a great job with that. But I, I think Gordon is, like, I, you know, they do set him up at the end of season three to hopefully start going down the journey of becoming the traditional Gordon that we know. And they and they they absolutely do going into season four. It is completely flipped on its end into season four. And he is, I will say that is one thing I'm very pleased with, is he is transitioning into that Gordon that we know. 
okay. into season four. Uh, I'll give you a, season four is already in, so it's not really a big spoiler alert. And I know um, it's you're you're not completely caught up with it yet. I think we're how many episodes did I say we're in? Uh, I think we're three now. Or uh, three yeah. is coming up this week. Three no three episodes in, and um, episode four is airing this week. Uh, I will say there are a couple things going into this fourth season that I'm really, really enjoying. One is the introduction of the Scarecrow that we got in episode one. Uh, he looks amazing. He looks incredible. Um, we've seen the return of some characters we thought were already written off. Uh, we've seen Barbara Keen already return. Um, and we just recently in episode three, I hope I'm, I'm giving you spoilers, so I hope you don't mind. I'm not. Well, there's no way they were going to kill off Barbara again. No, uh, that's some of the things I want to get into still with the back end of season three. Uh, but we do see her return, uh, thanks to the Lazarus Pit and uh, Raja Ghul. Uh, I will say the 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 actor that they have playing Raj in this one is really good. He is a great version of Raj. We've only seen him really once so far in this season, uh, and that was episode three. Um, the there's an ongoing story right now that all crime in Gotham is legal if you have a license. And the license are being produced by uh, and given out and distributed by the Penguin, who opened the nightclub back up uh, with uh, the Riddler as his centerpiece in the club, which I thought was clever. Uh, so uh, we're seeing that. I thought the idea of the licenses being giving you free reign to commit crime was a little dumb. Um, yeah, that sounds horrible. But uh, I, that, if I saw that in the, the first episode, I'm like, well, I'm done. I did, and and but now that I'm seeing it a little bit further, I do see exactly where they're what why they're doing it. Uh, it's kind of what's flipped it on its end with Bullock and Gordon, in that Gordon is now or Bullock is now in charge of the GCPD. Uh, he's going along with Penguin because look, these people are licensed. There's really nothing we can do about it because if we lock them up, they just get out. <clears throat> they just get released. We can't arrest them anyway. And it's Gordon that's really going against it and saying, look, I don't care if they have a license or not. If you commit a crime, I'm locking you up. <clears throat> I don't care what the Penguin it, Penguin says. Penguin does not run this city. So this is the tr- they're using this as the transition to make Gordon into that cop that we know. Okay. So I can see that. I can see why they're using it. Could they have found a better way to do it? Absolutely. Sure. Um, that sounds like four <laughs> writers being really high and like, how do we do this? Ooh, I got a great idea. And everybody's like, I- I'm really tired and I really just want to take a nap. But yeah, let's just go with that. That's fine. But I, but <laughs> so. I, I do see why they are doing it and I see why they're using it. Uh, I have been reading online. We have not yet seen... Because we've okay. bri- we've talked about this because episode four, I believe, right? No, I heard episode five. Oh, okay, maybe that is. I, episode five will be the first appearance of Solomon Grundy, um, which I'm. If I stop watching Gotham this season, I'm watching until at least episode five, because we're friends with Drew. Drew's done a lot, and you know, in contributing to the podcast absolutely, as far as absolutely, I want to support him, and I want to watch, and I want to see his first appearance of Solomon because I know he's excited. To do it, so I'm going to watch until at least I see Solomon. Um, I'm not going to lie; I'm probably going to keep watching the show. Um, let's before we talk about the future of it, though. Let's jump back into the back half because I know you had a couple more things you wanted to right. talk about. Uh, so, <clears throat> I think in general, the biggest problem that they fell into is Corey Michael Smith is such an amazing actor. Uh, the problem is when I got back to the show, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like kind of like the first full-on Riddler episode. Uh, where you're getting like, well, I mean, we did get one earlier in the season where we saw that big, huge change, which I think was a lot of fun. But this is when we saw him kind of embrace who he was with the little, you know, uh, drug induced visions of uh, Oswald kind of talking to him in his psyche, which was, I thought, actually really well done. I was actually very happy with how that played out um, and uh, seeing the full full first uh, Riddler one. And I think the episode's titled uh, How Riddler Got His Name. Uh, which was the first episode back in after the Jerome episode, you know, which was, I think, still one of the best episodes this show's ever done. Yeah, that was the first episode into the Hero's Rise, was right, how right. Riddler got his name. Uh, and that was a fun episode. But even, you know, I hate to say it, but even Corey Michael Smith overplayed that one. And it was not as much fun as his normal performance. And I feel the back half of the season, the back and forth between Penguin and Riddler was not as interesting as before that break hit, where it was a little bit more like, mind games uh, being played back and forth, which which I thought were so much more fun watching these people get tormented in this way. 
And when we see it this time, it's campy and call, almost kind of high school-esque, and it didn't work. Um, I think that was the biggest problem I really had with it. And then they built up the Court of Owls to be like this massive, massive, massive threat. And it did not play out. And w- then it dawned on me why it bothered me so much. So the Order of St. Dumas in Season 2 was answering to the Court of Owls. Now, the Court of Owls is not the big bad and is answering to Rachel Ghoul in the League of Assassins. This is the problem that happens through the entirety of the back half of this season, is things that have already been done before. So Court of Owls fizzles out and you're like, oh, no, Catherine is not an important character at all. Uh, she is just a BS underling. They make the Talons out to be these amazing, huge badasses in quite a few moments, and you see James Gordon take one of them down with a serving tray and a accidental grenade. <laughs> um, it's There's these little moments that just did not work. But then I what dawned on me is certain things are you're like, oh, look, they killed Barbara Keene. No, they didn't. They killed her last season as well, after the wedding thing, and had her come back. Where she was, well, killed her, slash she was in a coma, but they're essentially toast. Then they do the, let's electrocute her, and now she's dead. They're like, we know she's not going to be dead. Then they kill Butch. And you know, well, they killed Butch, obviously, before that moment. But And then you're like, okay, well, <clears throat> that really sucks that Butch is dead. But it almost didn't have an impact because they did nothing with him for almost the entirety of that back half. I think he had like four scenes in total. It was minimal. Like Penguin's one underling had more screen time. That, the one that betrayed him in the Ivy episode uh, had more screen time than I think Drew did through most of the back half. It was really kind of – it made the impact of things not matter for their big course-correcting changes that they're planning. It was how do we shoehorn this in to change the direction we're going for next season. And I I really – that's what bothered me the most about last season. Uh, You know, I love seeing the villains kind of pull together for a little bit where you have, you know, Firefly and, you know, Ivy and, you know, Penguin and Mr. Freeze all together, which was really cool to see all these characters come together like that. Uh, and big kudos, they finally killed off Fish Moody, and she's done. And I was great and happy to see that happen. I, was, <laughs> I think many people were happy to see I that loved, happen. And I loved seeing B.D. Wong come back as Hugo Strange. And I love the fact that he does whatever he can to kind of go on to live another day. Uh, you know, all these little things were great. They kind of feel like they finally tied up the whole Lee Tompkins thing, which was wonderful. Like, there was a lot of good things that happened. But the way that they got the, to those points... And the execution of it all was really poor. Um, you know, there's these little great moments and a lot of bad execution. Um, it was, I, I think, season two, like especially the back half of season two and the beginning of season three were some of the strongest things this show's ever done. Uh, I mean, a lot of good, a lot of good moments, but I, I that was it was a chore to get through those episodes in one sitting because you could have had like three or four less episodes. It was so so many things just did not matter in the slightest to to be even in this. Um I don't know if that's how you felt too, but you know, like, you know, having Barnes come back as this executioner like in this really piss poor costume and that looks steampunky and all this stuff and I don't know what the hell they were trying to do, but it was just dumb. It what, was it, it did not work. Well, no, and it's funny that you bring that up too, because <clears throat> as I had mentioned earlier, I went back and rewatched one of the episodes. I just picked a random episode from the back half of the eight uh, before we started talking about this, and I watched it last night. And I'm into season four. Like I'm I'm liking so far what they're doing to season four. There are a couple down moments, like I said, the licenses and stuff like that. But for the most part. I like where they're going with season four. I like how they're transitioning Gordon into becoming the Gordon that we know. I like how, you know, they're building up like Corey Michael Smith is already out of the ice. And some of the stuff that they're doing with him already has been kind of whimsical in that he does his his muscles are atrophied from being in ice for months. But his brain is also atrophied so he can't figure out riddles. So we're almost seeing him transition into becoming the Riddler again. Um We've seen Barbara Keen return, which, as you mentioned, it's it's one of those things. But even in part of – there was an episode in this past episode three and a moment in this episode three where they mentioned Barbara Keen and it's Gordon, Bruce, and um, and uh, uh, Bullock all standing in, the, in Bullock's office. And somebody mentions Barbara Keen and Bruce is like, wait, I thought Barbara Keen was dead. And Butch is just like, yeah, nobody stays – or not Butch um, – 
Barnes, Barnes is like, yeah, nobody stays dead in Gotham. And that's pretty much what it is. Like, nobody stays dead in Gotham City. Yeah. So it's nice that even they're kind of like, okay, we know we brought her back again. Let's just – let's let's throw a little joke in about it. But yeah. I went back and I watched that episode, and the episode that I p- chose was the one with the Court of Owls and Catherine from the Court of Owls and with Barnes as the judge. And I went back and I rewatched it, and I'm like – Oh, the executioner. The Sorry, executioner. The judge is another character. Uh, so. Um. And I went back and I rewatched it. And I'm like, this is so bad. Yeah, like, it was not good. <laughs> like, I, I don't know why I was like, okay, with this last season and I'm rewatching it. So just going back and watching one episode of that back eight, that back eight and comparing it to the first three of this season and realizing how bad that back eight was or that episode was makes me realize how much of an improvement just these first three episodes of season four is yeah I, you uh, know what it is I, I think it's i hate to put it this way because it feels like a big slap into the face of the show is season one season two and the beginning of season three are a little tim burton batman-esque and the back half of season three joel schumacher feels like he <laughs> took over just a little bit we just needed a cameo from clooney yeah, or yeah, Kilmer. Like, get, give us that Kilmer for a minute, hey, you know. Kilmer was okay in my book. Yeah, he wasn't terrible compared to Clooney. The movies were not, the, the movies weren't good. That's for sure. Well, <laughs> but, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones made that movie. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk Moving about on. that. Yeah, we'll talk <laughs> so, about that on another show. Yeah. So, but no, that's I think what it feels like to me is like when you watch it. Like, I loved when they like went over the top and crazy in the back half of season two. And I even said when we did the season two annual, I'm like, they need to embrace this. And I'm like, ooh, maybe that was a mistake. I hope they didn't listen to our podcast. I was like, yeah, let's embrace this. Like, <laughs> you guys took it a little too far. Um, they just flew a little too close to the sun. That's that's really what it feels like. Yeah, yeah pretty um, much. But you know what? Like I said, there was cool things in there. There was things to enjoy. But I will say, did it make me want to watch season three? I got to say no. Uh, if I had to put a score on it, you mean I season would four? Get- or season four. Yeah. Um, if I had to put a score on this for an annual, I will say this. I will give it a four uh, for a number, and that puts it at the low-tier hero skating really close to a sidekick. So, <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> as a viewer, uh, I'm going to continue to watch uh, only because I'm, I'm intrigued with where they're going. Uh, but also, again, like it's, it's a little different for us because as a normal viewer who – you know, doesn't really go to conventions or anything like that and doesn't attend press junkets and things like that. As a normal viewer, the only connection you have to this show is what you're watching. Um, us, on the other hand, we have more of a connection to the show because we're we're friends with at least two of the actors on the show, uh, that being Drew Powell and RLT, Robin Lord Taylor. Um, you know, so we have interactions with them quite a bit, especially myself going to the Heroes and Villains conventions as I do now. I've met a number of the other cast. I've I've met uh, Maggie Gaya, who plays Poison Ivy. You know, I've met uh, I've talked to uh, Aaron Richards, who plays Barbara Keen. So as podcasters, we have a deeper connection to this show and we want to see we want to see this show succeed because of those reasons. I'm excited, just as excited as Drew, maybe not as excited as Drew. Drew's over the hill excited uh, about becoming Solomon Grandi. I'm excited for him. He is a legit friend of the show, a legit friend of uh, Adam and I's. And I'm looking forward to the day that you finally get to meet him too, Rob, because he is yeah. an, he's an awesome dude. So like, I, I can't wait till you get to meet him. Um, we talked to Drew quite a bit, and I'm excited more for anything else than to keep watching to see Solomon Grundy's debut. Uh, as podcasters, though, for this show, uh... The future looks grim for Gotham. And, yes. Um, it's, Even more so than where we're at currently. Yeah, it's, we're not going to eliminate it completely. Uh, here's where the future stands for Gotham. And hopefully, again, this doesn't turn people off of listening to the podcast because there's so much other content that we have. This isn't a Gotham podcast. It's a DC podcast, a DC TV podcast. Uh, so the future of Gotham is this. We will not be doing annuals on Gotham any longer. It's not just because of our feelings of the material of the show. Rob is probably going to be done watching it. I'm going to continue watching it. So it's not that we're we're stopping watching it. 
Uh, it's just that our our podcast focuses more on the Arrowverse, uh, you know, with Supergirl, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Arrow. And well, not even Arrowverse, the Berlanti shows. The Berlanti shows, exactly. And there's already so much content to talk about just with those four shows. And now we're going to be adding Black Lightning to the mix. Which when sounds when Black... like more and more and more, probably by season two, it'll be a part of this. Yes. Um, so, yeah. You know, we're already going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about Teen Titans when Teen Titans debuts because Teen Titans is another Berlanti project. As you mentioned, Rob, there's a bunch of stuff on CW Seed. Wait, the animated per- series Constantine's getting ready to start oh up. The Ray is getting ready to start. There's going to be more Vixens starting. You know, we've got – and we haven't touched any of them. No. Any of them at all. And they tie directly into these shows. And we realize this is something we actually should be talking about. And our podcast already runs between an hour and a half to two hours every week. Yeah. Uh, we don't want a three-hour podcast. So uh, it's Well, too- we also have a limited amount of time of our lives that we can dedicate to this. And, again, you know, I'm – you know, if we had normal shows to watch and we had to do Gotham and all these other things, four hours is one thing. Research, time to do the show. The moment that you start cresting into almost half of a full waking day – is yeah. based purely on this podcast, it gets very difficult. So. I mean, and we've mentioned this before, too. When it comes to these shows, like the, the Arrowverse shows and everything, at least myself, and I think you do this from time to time, too, when you can, um, we watch these shows multiple times before we talk about them. Uh, we watch them one uh, first time as a fan, and then the then second ob- time as a podcaster. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, you figure four shows at least is already six, seven hours of our week that we spend on these shows. Um, just these four. So, you know, we spend 20 to 25 minutes per sh- per episode, um, you know, which is an hour alone just for the Arrowverse stuff to throw in Gotham. Plus, it's just too much. Yeah. So uh, Gotham, unfortunately, falls to the axe because it's not a Berlanti project. It's not because we don't like the show or we don't like the material. It's got its great moments. It's got its down moments. But it's strictly because it's not a Berlanti project that we are not going to talk. We're not going to do full discussions. Yeah, I mean, the best way to put it, and the folks of you that have listened in the past, think about the fact that everybody was geeking out about Stranger Things. And if you've you know stuck with us since the beginning, you know the type of material I love. It took me up until like two months ago to finally watch Stranger Things. You know, so it's it's moments like that where it's occasionally there's things that you really, really want to see. Uh, and you know what? Even Gotham is sometimes is things I actually do actually want to watch. There's just not time. Uh, and as much as I kind of griped on this back season, I will definitely be watching season four at some point. I just don't know when that's going to be. Yeah. Um, and, and speaking of Stranger Things too, there's a mobile game out now that I played and already beat <laughs> to like 100%. I already beat it. Uh, I was bored at work. I was stressed at work. So I took a break. I'm like, screw work. I'm going to do this. Um, but, you know, on top of, you know, the shows that we already talk about, we do news segments, we do recommendations, we have guests on from time to time. So it's it's just too much to include Gotham. Now, that being said, uh, I'm going to keep watching Gotham week to week, so I'm going to be keeping up with it. If and when major events happen, such as Episode 5 and the debut of Solomon Grundy, we will do a minute or two on Gotham to bring it up. It'll probably be my segment, obviously, Rob, since you're probably not going to be watching. Uh, but we'll do like a Gotham minute. We will drop into Gotham just to see where things are going and we'll bring people up to speed uh, and such. Because we don't want to eliminate it completely because we do know there are quite a few listeners out there that do still enjoy the show and love the show. So we don't want to eliminate you from this and we don't want to eliminate Gotham completely. But as far as the annuals go, we're not going to be doing a full annual on Gotham anymore. We're probably not going to be spending a full segment on it anymore. But from time to time, we will still bring it up and we, we will still talk about it. So it's not gone from our podcast completely. So and yeah. that's the point we pretty much wanted to make. Yeah. All right. Can we talk about the cool thing now? We can. We can. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about this, too. So at the time you are hearing this, it's at least Monday morning uh, for you subscribers on iTunes and Google Play. You could probably hear this Sunday night. Uh, so you're probably hearing this uh, on the same day. At the time of recording, though, it at, is Sunday morning. Yes. <laughs> and we are just about an hour out of Warner Brothers releasing the final trailer for Justice League. And I want to say... 
I've been skeptical about DC movies. I've made no bones about this. I am not a fan of Man of Steel. I was an okay fan of Batman vs. Superman and Suicide Squad, and I've been very, very reluctant on Justice League because of these past films. They've left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I watched the first Justice League trailer. I got a little excited, and then we found out Zack Snyder left the project due to family issues. Joss Whedon stepped in, made some changes, and now we see this final trailer, and I know we don't curse a lot on this podcast, so forgive me. Holy shit, I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I am you know legit what? excited. Of, every one of the heroes, though, too, even better, including Superman, that, in the way that we see him in the trailer, every one of the heroes is smiling. Every one of and, them. And that's they the thing. They look happy and excited to be doing what they're doing. There are even t- Batman. There are two notes I have, two big notes about this trailer. One is we're seeing, even though it obviously it's probably a dark storyline because of, you know, everything that's going on with, you know, with uh, with Steppenwolf and such, we're seeing levity out of these characters. We're seeing some lighthearted moments out of these characters. This is what this universe has been missing for me, is it's been way too dark. We're seeing... Wonder Woman smiling. We're seeing Aquaman and Cyborg, like, you know, bantering, you know? bantering together. We're seeing moments of, uh, you know, of levity from all these characters. And I'm loving this. This is what it's been missing. If this is what's in the movie, I'm legit excited. The other thing I noticed, and I, you might have noticed this as well, too, Rob. What I'm noticing out of this, and there's one key moment in this trailer that really sticks out for this. We're seeing all these characters really, with the exception of Wonder Woman, who has been around for years, and Batman, who's been doing this for a while, too. We're seeing some of these characters like Cyborg and Flash and Aquaman really step up and becoming heroes for the first time. And we're seeing them trip along the way. We see a legit scene where Ezra Miller as the Flash trips on a step. So we're actually seeing these guys make mistakes but come into their own as a team at the same time. That's what I want. Um, yeah, the, these look like really green superheroes. Yes. Like even the shots we see and like some of them we know aren't. Like we know Wonder Woman, Batman, and I, I would assume probably Aquaman, Aquaman as well, yeah. You know, are legit. Like but I think we're going to I think it's going to be fun because I think we're going to see them have a very hard time working together at the start. And I think it's there's going to be a clash of egos, which is the way it should be for big characters like these. Um, you know, in the same way you see in things like Avengers. But, I mean, the Avengers, they've always been a little bit more happy-go-lucky, and it's more like Tony Stark versus the team. This, I think you're going to see a lot of clash of egos, and I'm actually kind of excited about that, because I think it's going to be interesting and fun. But I do love the correlation between that. They're already, they've been showing us between Wonder Woman and Batman. Uh, there's this really special bond between the two of them because of what happened in BBS, and I like that they, they've grown upon that, and the fact that we've seen inklings of their friendship continue even through that little, like, note being sent to Diana in Wonder Woman. It's kind of like, hey, I tracked down the original, you know, sign from Bruce. The fact that they they have a correlation together I think is really great. Um, I, I'm really enjoying what they're doing with that, and you're really seeing that evolve even through these trailers. But there's one thing, I mean, I got to say, too, that was even greater seeing, and I think it was this beautiful tease, is every time that they talked about Superman in this upcoming trailer, and when we see him in the beginning with, like, Amy Adams' version of Lois, uh, you know, holding that ring, and you're realizing she's having a nightmare about where Clark is, you know, and the fact that he's he's passed. Well, uh, here's my question about that, too. Is that opening scene of the trailer, is that a dream sequence? Or is, is that a sequ- or is that a sequence at the end of the movie after Superman has already returned? Uh, because if he returns, he's probably going to return right straight into battle. He's not going to go see Lois first, unfortunately. That scene could potentially be a scene that closes out the film after I, I, the war is already over and they return back to the, the farm. I'm pretty sure that is a that is a dream. Okay. Um, it, it just even the way because like she's there and holding the dirt in her hands, and it's kind of like then it transitions into dark, where she is in her nightmare and it's kind of like. Well, I, I just... think that's just the way the trailers cut. I don't think that scene from the from the funeral is part of the same dream sequence. I think that's just the way they cut the trailer. 
Well, no, even if, I don't know if you watch it, like, you watch it a couple times, if you go back in that beginning sequence, the reason that it's connected is, like, she's not holding dirt in her hands, and then all of a sudden, you know, she's got dirt in her hands with the, the engagement ring, and then it then it transitions from that same sequence, like, the sky behind her in that Smallville, like, you know, like, Midwestern sky fades to dark while they're in the same sequence. Okay. So it's it's and then she wakes up and pops up out of it. But like the Clark that we're seeing there, even in that dream sequence, does not feel like the Superman we've seen already. Even that sequence, that dream version of him, of him, of this very smiley, hopeful feeling, like traditional Superman you see in there, is it felt like they knew, and it felt like this was this beautiful nod and wink to everybody. That's kind of like this is the Superman you guys want, right? All right, we're not going to show you any more of him in the trailer. <laughs> Wait until we get to the movie. But that's what that felt like. And I was really happy. And the rest of the things you kept seeing on this backsplash of throughout this trailer was still the world still in mourning over Superman. But, like, you know, you see that big black armband stretched across the bridge between the cities with, you know, the Superman logo, you know, like the, that symbol. Uh, and this discussion of hope constantly. And I think we're going to actually... This actually made that tease feel like yeah, we're going to get Superman in this movie. Like, we're going to get the Superman we've been bitching that they haven't been able to do in this film. Yeah, no, I agree with that, too. And I'm looking at where, I mean, if you think about it, we're only a little over a month away before this movie drops. In yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I'm again, I'm really, really excited about everything now with this movie. Like, I, this is where I'm kind of hoping things switch with the dceu i'm i'm really hoping this is well they switch back at wonder woman it's the question of can they hold that true yeah very very true um and i'm I'm starting to realize as well that that's a big weekend for multiple reasons one uh justice league opens the day after my birthday so my birthday is thursday justice league is friday um which means there's probably going to be a screening of justice league tuesday or wednesday that week so it's going to be screening of Justice League, my birthday, Justice League opening weekend. But Justice League opening weekend is also Heroes and Villains Atlanta. So there's going to be a lot of talk about Justice League in Atlanta that weekend. Um, if not, maybe there will be, maybe there won't be because people are going to be at the con. So people might not have an opportunity to go see it. Um, if I end up going to Heroes and Villains Atlanta, what I would love to do, if we have enough listeners to do it, I would love to organize a viewing party in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch, like me and a bunch of DC Primetime listeners go see the movie in Atlanta. It'd probably be very difficult because it's opening weekend. So to arrange that in enough advance notice to actually get tickets together might be kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably a little too hopeful for that. But that's a big weekend. <laughs> that's a big yeah. weekend for me. Uh, dude, honestly, the next couple of weeks are big weekends nonstop. Uh, Christ, I, I, you know, we're, we're already talking, and it's kind of funny. It's outside of D.C. You know, I, I keep forgetting how close Justice League is because my brain right now is so, like, wired on Star Wars. And yeah. Like, I got to get tickets tomorrow. And I have to, like, hawk and watch over ticket times and when things are going to go live. We, we were attempting to buy out, like, most of a row at a theater, so... Because yeah, I'll be one of the people there with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's so. I mean, I'm. I've watched this trailer. It dropped right before we started recording. It had only been out for about 38 minutes. I think when I looked at Warner Brothers, it said like posted 38 minutes ago. So it had only been out for less than an hour. And I have watched this trailer more times already than I have watched any other DC EU trailer. I've already watched it three or four times. Um, before we even started recording, I just kept hitting play afterwards because I'm excited. And I will tell you the one other thing I took from this trailer that I'm really coming around on is I'm such a fan of Grant Gustin as the flash. And I was very skeptical on Ezra Miller, but then I've seen a couple scenes like from the, the original justice league trailers and such. Um, after seeing that end scene, with him and the bat symbol and Batman and Wonder Woman, um, I'm I'm sold on Ezra as the Flash. I really am. I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very curious. Um, 
I will say one of the other things, too, is I'm starting to learn that when it comes to these superhero movies, uh, Heroes by David Bowie or some form of that song is the go-to song. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who sings the version of it in this trailer, but I kind of like it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It so, was pretty cool. Uh, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So I guess maybe we should just talk news and we'll, we'll wrap up because I got a lot of prep to do because I leave for my business trip in a day and a half. Well, not only that, but I mean, one other thing we got to mention before we talk the news is, um, God, the show's come back this week. I know. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the next week is going to be insane. <laughs> we're back. To, we're back to business in less than a week, man. I will because... have my laptop with me, and uh, hopefully, hotel Wi-Fi and Plex get along nicely. Supergirl, so. as we're as we are recording this, Supergirl returns tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, does Legends? No, not Legends. Um, I think Supergirl's the only one on Monday. Yes, and uh, then Supergirl Flash and Legends will... are Tuesday. Yes, and then uh, Thursday you'll see Arrow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, you know what? Riverdale's coming back this week too. I think. Uh, we'll tell you in a second. Um, uh, I hope so. I've been really waiting for that show too because that was fantastic. Riverdale returns uh, on Wednesday. Oh yes, it's gonna be a good TV week, guys. It, uh, God, I have yeah. I have so much. I I use this app um, called TV Time, which helps me keep track of the shows that I watch when they're on, if new episodes are on and such. And, um, uh, yeah, so it's telling me, you know, Flash and Legends are Tuesday. It tells me if they're premiere episodes or such. Riverdale is Wednesday. Uh, Supernatural returns on Thursday, which I don't know if I'm going to keep going with Supernatural. It's, uh, but Gotham is on Thursday as well. Arrow uh, and the Orville on Thursday, which I'm still loving. Walking Dead returns in two weeks, man. Walking Dead returns in two weeks. Stranger Things returns uh, in 19, yeah, month. 19 yeah. days. And just announced at New York Comic Con, uh, I'm excited. They finally gave a return date for Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, February 25th. Yep, February and 25th. And they showed the full episode, too. And everybody at, said it was fantastic. At New York Comic Con, they showed it. Bastards. <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so let's dive into the news. And um, I think... Uh, recommendation is going to be pretty easy this week as it's the same thing we've been recommending for the past couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, and that's our extra life. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll go into details about that afternoon. So what do we got for the news this week? Uh, very little, actually. Um, so a lot of the news coming out this week is about the Doomsday Clock more than anything else in the comic book universe, uh, especially how the old original Watchmen ties into the modern day DC, which is uh, very interesting. Not going to go into it here because it's kind of feels like a history lesson in DC since 1992 to current. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll bypass that, but if you go to cbr.com, which is comic book resources, uh, tons of great articles there. Definitely go there if you're a big comics reader. Um, they have some amazing breakdowns on how it correlates. Definitely well worth read. Uh, but let's get into the film universe first. There's only two small little things here, nothing major. Um, pretty much they talk a little bit about what to expect between the the familial relationship between Darkseid and Steppenwolf. So uh, they say this is a quote-unquote from uh, talking to, I believe, who was this from? Um, DC Films Universe uh, was pretty much, I, I you know, it doesn't even specify where, where this is coming from, so I apologize, but uh, it's coming from a good resource regardless. In Justice League, Batman and Wonder Woman, following Superman's death and battling Doomsday, is intent on bringing together a team to take on Steppenwolf. Uh, this new menace is the nephew to Darkseid of, of Apocalypse, presumably the big bad of the second Justice League adventure. Uh, Steppenwolf is on Earth to retrieve the three mother boxes, one of which is part of Cyborg, which we've known for some time. So they did treat it as he is the nephew. So uh, I believe that there's been versions of that, but then there's also other versions where Steppenwolf is actually Darkseid's uncle, so they're kind of flipping it. So, uh, so yeah, so still family, but they kind of changed up the way. So if you hit the theater and they're like, huh, that doesn't make any sense. So yeah, so Steppenwolf is not the older, um, dark side is, is in this one. So, gotcha. um, something interesting we talked about a couple weeks ago, which was Danny Elfman's score. Uh, and he said they were going to be using, uh, the John Williams theme for Superman, but it sounds like he's also going to be doing something else that makes me smile and happy. Uh, Danny Elfman said he also will apparently be revisiting his original Batman theme in Justice League as well. Uh, so it sounds like he's definitely going to be playing homage to both of them. So 
Uh, we are going to get to hear some cool new takes on both of those classic themes, which I'm very, very happy about. So it's a question of how we'll hear them and the style that they'll be in. But they said he will be reusing his theme. So, uh, all right. So going over into gaming, uh, we haven't talked about stuff for a little bit, but uh, Injustice 2. Uh, another character has been revealed, and this is one that's been rumored, and I think we finally it was great to finally get full confirmation, but the Atom is joining Injustice 2. Bear in mind, this is not the Ray Palmer Atom, but the Ryan Choi Atom, the one that's current that you're seeing in the comics universe now, uh, that was introduced after uh, Rebirth started. So um, Now, the question is, and more than likely, I would expect we'll see an alternate skin probably for this character that's going to be the, uh, you know, you know, Ray Palmer version of the character. So big wait and see. But uh, there is a full gameplay video up out there. and It is on our Facebook page. And uh, holy crap, he looks fantastic. He does. He really, really does. Uh, I love the. there's this massive size change, but the still, the, you know, the strength still holding, holding true through the whole thing. But uh, it looks like he is the first revealed character for season three. So, um, so really excited to see how that plays out. We still, still need to see the last two characters get released from the, the uh, you know, Pack, uh, second pack for the characters, which I know, I believe Raiden is coming out this week, if memory serves correctly. Um, if not, he's the week following, and then Hellboy is shortly after that. So, uh, not far away at all. Uh, and I do know, I believe, if memory serves correctly, and I'll dig this up real quick, uh, Telltale's next episode for Batman Season 2 uh, was a little delayed, but I believe it's coming out right before... Uh, the end of the month. Now I'm so, con- I'm confused about that because I thought I had seen something about our our friend Paul, who's a listener, ha- already played it. Um, maybe it did come out, but because if it came out, we missed it. Um, yeah, I let's see. Actually, no. Uh, hold on. Here we go. Uh, no, that's about Android. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Hold on, hold on. Season two, episode two release date. Uh, originally it was slated to drop um, on September 20th, but never did. Maybe it did come out, and we totally missed it. So, Yeah, because I, I, I thought I had seen <clears throat> something. Um, yeah, October 3rd. October 3rd, so it did come out. So It's, it, it's it, already it, released. <laughs> it came out this past week. Okay, so it, I just totally missed it. So I, I missed I'll it, too. To get to. I missed it too. So, yeah. all right, <laughs> we'll have to find some time to talk about that. It was a busy week, so uh, uh, yeah. All right, so we'll, yeah, it was uh, supposed we'll... to be September twenty sixth, and it was delayed to October third. So it it has it has released. Okay, well, I'll have to I'll just have to try to cram that in at some point soon. So uh, probably not this week, but um, maybe we'll talk about that episode in two weeks. We'll find some time to squeeze it in because. I will either be watching the shows on the road, or I will be watching them all when I get back on Saturday night very late. So uh, it doesn't give me much time. So we'll see what we can do. All right. Um, Another things we can talk about a little bit as far as some upcoming storylines that we know that they're teasing for The Flash for the upcoming season. Uh, There's not a lot here, but this is a discussion with Andrew Kreisberg. He said the premiere episode is called The Flash Reborn. And Barry, in a way, has been born again based off of his time in the Speed Force. His result in there has been really washed away a lot of his sins and cleansed him of his doubts, fears, and his guts. Uh, or not guts, guilts. Blah, can't talk. Mm-hmm. And he really loves being the Flash again. Uh, he, he did say going on about a little bit more about the antagonist for the season, uh, being Clifford DeVoe. Is last season, uh, by the back half of the season, we really zeroed in on Savitar and his motivations and whatnot. But I think early on in the season, it wasn't as clear to us and I think this sh- uh, this showed on screen. Uh, Kreisberg said, uh, said, but continued by revealing that they uh, made sure that they understood what the thinkers' motivations are from the get-go. Uh, he went on to say, this season we really, really worked uh, hard to really understand what the thinker wants, why he's doing it, how he's going about it, and you're getting to watch these first episodes. You'll really see there's a chess match going on. So we're going to see him very early in this whole mix, which is great. And then they said, as far as Barry and Iris, he's like, the two of them will, uh, with the therapist is some of the funniest scenes we've ever done on the show, but it also leads to a deepening of the relationship. So they said, you'll see some of that. Uh, and then as far as Iris's role in the team, she's like, she's always been smart and funny and proud and brave, uh, but she didn't always have the authority that she has that she will in this season. So they said, you'll see a very stronger version of Iris come season four. So 
Um, going into, let's see here, uh, some, I don't know if this is worthwhile to go into. These are some synopsis that start touching base into episode three. We decided last week, episode two stuff we were going to hold off on, but you know, so we're going to continue to hold, but they will, one thing I will say is we will see at least Zari, AKA ISIS, uh, join the legends, but what looks like season three. So, um, they did tease a couple other characters we know are coming into the mix, uh, we did talk about uh, Hazard, uh, which is another villain. It sounds like she will be making her appearance in se- uh, episode three of season four of The Flash. Uh, a decent character by the name of Onyx, also uh, in episode three of Arrow. So a couple characters to uh, keep your eyes out for them becoming early on this season. Um, and let's see, the last real big thing we need to talk about this week is another animated film coming out. And this is kind of different. This came out of uh, New York Comic Con as well but a new anime called Batman Ninja coming out in 2018. Uh, but it comes from a really interesting group of people. So this is a straight-on, full-on uh, anime coming out. And the screenwriter is Kazuki uh, Naka- Nakashima, which is uh, he's uh, really well-known for Kill a Kill, which uh, he was the screenwriter for that. Um, and then the director is the director of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure by the name of Junpei Mizuka. Um, and the character designer is Takahashi Akazaki, which is, uh, you know him from Afro Samurai. So uh, there's a lot of uh, really heavy, strong talent coming into this. And this is going to basically be a time travel uh, kind of anime film that's going to be Batman going back into feudal Japan. Uh, so they said they'll go be, be going from modern day to the Middle Ages, including the villains being going through this as well. They did show a couple things on stage at New York Comic Con, and they said it was a very feudal Japan look. There is some tech involved still, too. But they did show Batman and Joker all on a rooftops fighting with katanas. So, uh, and they said they are keeping the voice cast a secret, and we'll unveil it soon. That's pretty cool. Uh, they did say they are writing this with a, uh, you know, this is Japan's thoughts on on Batman. Is that's how they're kind of crafting this? And they did say once the story was complete, they've gone back and made it more cohesive to match with the U.S. Uh, U.S. audience expectations of Batman. But they really said the big goal is this is Batman through Japan's eyes. So they said this is just a really fun, unique project for them. So they said it's a lot of meshed tech and feudal Japan kind of crossed together. So this could be something really cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, that really does it for the news this week. Um, that's Yeah, that's, that's really everything. It was a very slow week. Uh, that trailer was the big kind of hit. If you want to watch that, obviously check it out online. There is an international version that shows like Two really small microcosm scenes, but nowhere as good as, I think, the new trailer in full for U.S. market. So really just stick with that one if you want. But if you need more, you know that international is there. Yeah, so. we'll post it on the Facebook page. So you'll actually probably have already seen it by the time you're listening to this uh, posted, yes. posted to the Facebook page. So uh, cool. So recommendation for this week is the same one we've been recommending for the last couple weeks. And we will continue to recommend uh going forward up until the event and that is our extra life charity drive right now in which uh, we released a video that rob and i recorded showing some of the prizes that we have to give to you uh that you could potentially win for donating to extra life uh so for more details on the extra life charity just go to the facebook page facebook.com slash dc prime time uh the video is pinned to the top so uh just watch that video uh it's about 15 16 minutes uh, gives you all the details on how you can participate and what you can potentially win just for donating. Uh, so yeah, go to the Facebook page, watch that video for all the details. Uh, but other than that, we're back to full. We're, we're back full to strength, man. We're back to business this week, and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm really. This, man, it's gonna be a busy week for me. Yeah, <laughs> so, holy yeah, crap. I know it is. Uh, yeah, not the way I want to be watching the shows, but uh, I will at least still be able to watch them. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that's about it for this week. And if I'm correct, uh, as long as we wrap in about like less than two minutes or in about two minutes, we've kept it under an hour. All right, let's do it. <laughs> all right, so uh, cheap plugs. You can find me as well as all the other podcasts I'm a part of, nextlevelradioonline.com, which is where you can find all the podcasts from this podcast network. Um, nextlevelradioonline.com, which I mentioned, facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. And as for me, you can always find me at Next Level Radio Online as well through the Caffeine Crew cast of pods. It's a usually monthly show. It's, it's It depends purely on scheduling, but... Uh, there's usually at least an episode every 30 days. 
this last one that we just posted is on pirates. And if you want to check out us doing the back half of that um, episode live, uh, well, it was live. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's up on the Next Level Facebook page where you can check out uh, the filming of that. It was our first attempt at the live stream. A couple of things to work out, but uh, I think we'll be ready for the next one. So, yeah. uh, And uh, as always, special thanks to George Shaw at George Shaw Music. Um, we thank him each and every week for all the tunes that you get to hear on the show. So. Yeah, cool. Uh, so with that being said, thank you, as always, for being a part of the community. Thank you for being a part of the Facebook page and the website and everything. Thank you for commenting, liking, for subscribing to the podcast, for listening to the podcast, for sharing the podcast, which we encourage you to do as well. Uh, but we're back to business next week, and we officially kept this under an hour, so I'm excited about that. Uh, but watch those shows. Make sure you post on our Facebook page. Let us know what you think about the pilots. Keep things spoiler-free for people who haven't seen them, including us, because sometimes we don't get to watch them until like a day or two afterwards. Uh, but until next week, when we're back to business, we'll see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.